Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Well, it's been raining a lot here recently. It's also been cold. It's tempting to think, what a miserable day. But instead, I've been appreciating the mist in the morning, the sound of the rain against the windows, Otto and me getting the world all to ourselves, and the joy of getting home to a nice warm cup of tea and dog biscuit. They're delicious. (laughs) Come. Warm your hands by the fireside tonight as I tell you the age-old tale of George and the Dragon. The dragon young George discovers tonight knows just as well as I do how to spin a good yarn. The creature, as old as time itself, but the name that sounds even older, teaches young George a rather invaluable lesson on perspective and proves that what you make of the world has much to do with the lens through which you choose to look at it. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who keep this free content possible. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics all with a rich, immersive, and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. 
before we join George for his greatest adventure yet, why not take a moment to wind down and relax? Begin by stretching out your arms and legs, however feels best for you. Move as much or as little as your body requires as you work into the muscles that need to be stretched out most. Drawing a deep breath in, come to settle in a comfortable position. Exhaling, allow the quietness and stillness of the night to wash through your mind and body. As you lie there relaxing, take a moment to be with your body, to be with your breath, without interrupting it. Perhaps you notice that with each in-breath, your mind is growing calmer, and with every out-breath, the thoughts that crowd your head in the daylight hours are beginning to dissipate. Inhale and exhale, allowing those thoughts to drain from your body on the gentle tide of your breath. Breathe in and out. In and out. Each easy breath you take is restoring your sense of inner calm. Allow your thoughts to turn slower and slower still. Allow your body to settle into the perfect stillness of the night. Breathe in. Hold it for a moment. And as you exhale, release any remaining tension bound up in your body. Let it all out. Let go of the day and welcome the tranquility of the night into your body with a final deep breath in. Exhaling, allow your eyes to gently drift closed as tonight's story begins. On an early morning in May, a young man by the name of George walked out of his home and gazed upwards at the sky. There wasn't a cloud to be seen. It was going to be another warm day. Something caught his attention on the horizon. Something was flying towards the village. At first, George thought it was a bird. But as it came closer, George was amazed to see it was actually a dragon. The magnificent creature had a body the colour of a twilight sky and wings of pale silver. George was transfixed by the spectacular sight and watched in silence as the dragon swooped low over the village. 
Its shadow swept over the grey, wooden tiles of houses and across fields of swaying, golden corn. George had never seen a dragon before. He'd heard about them, of course, but had assumed they were mythical beings. He moved his attention away from the dragon, ready to share his amazement with other villagers who had seen it. He was puzzled to discover that no one was looking at the winged animal in the sky. Instead, people were getting on with their activities as normal, setting up tables for market day, taking clothes to the river to be washed, heading to the fields to tend their crops. Hadn't they noticed the dragon? George had recently moved to the village with his family and wasn't familiar with the local customs and ways yet. Perhaps flying dragons were a regular occurrence there and not a spectacular sight at all for the villagers. Or perhaps he was the only one who could see it. George turned his attention back to the beautiful dragon and watched as it flew back and forth over the village. The sun's rays fell on its silver wings, making them glisten and glimmer. It was soon obvious that it was only George who could see the dragon, and he couldn't stand there ignoring the magnificent being flying overhead. Not caring if he looked foolish to the people around him, George raised his arm and waved to the dragon. The dragon noticed him and flew closer. It gazed upon George with purple eyes full of kindness. George felt himself smiling at the dragon. The dragon returned his smile. Then it flew over his head and soared away in the direction of the lake, which was at the foot of the rolling green hills. George's thoughts lingered on the dragon. Why was the dragon there? Why couldn't anyone else see it? Did the dragon want to talk to George? George was too curious to let the matter go. So he left the village and went in search of the silver-winged dragon. He found it resting at the side of the lake and gazing into the water. George slowly approached the dragon and sat at its side. Using the water as a mirror, the dragon gave him a nod of acknowledgement and asked his name. George, he replied. May I ask what your name is, please? If dragons do have names, that is. I've never met a dragon before. The dragon turned his way, and in a voice as soft as the summer wind, she said her name. It was a long, complicated name full of words and dialects that George had never heard before. 
as soon as she'd finished saying it. George was dismayed to find he'd already forgotten it, and he was too polite to ask her to repeat it. Seeing the confusion on his face, the dragon explained how her name was an ancient one, made of words from a time before man walked the earth. Her name meant storyteller, a keeper of the past, someone who remembered legends. It was her name and who she was. Throughout the years, she had flown from village to village, up and down the land, telling her tales of the past, keeping those forgotten fables alive. She dipped her head and sighed, causing the water of the lake to ripple beneath her breath. When George asked what was wrong, she said, I'm invisible to people now. They've forgotten how to see the magic in the world, and that includes me. If they could see me, I'd be able to tell them my stories, the ones I told their ancestors. I come back every year to this village, hoping someone will see me one day. And I'm glad I did come back, because you saw me. She smiled at him. George asked why he could see her when others couldn't. The dragon smiled and said he still had some magic in his heart. Her answer made George feel warm inside. He liked knowing there was magic inside him. He asked the dragon if she would tell him some of her stories. He would love to hear them. And, for the sake of good manners, he asked her for her name again, determined to learn it, no matter how complicated it was. The dragon repeated her name, but said a shorter version was Nina, which meant remember, and George could call her that. Nina lifted her head and looked at the hills behind them. She asked if George knew the story of the giant who had created the hills. George didn't know it. The dragon said she would start with that tale, and it would make a better story if they could travel closer to the hills. She lowered her back and asked George to climb on. George did so, trying to remain casual as though climbing onto a magical creature was something he did every day of his life. Nina ensured George was holding on tightly before unfurling her wings and rising from the ground. She soared upwards, smoothly and silently, leaving the lake far behind with their diminishing reflection drifting across the surface. George held on tightly as Nina took him towards the hills. On the way, they went over a patchwork of fields and rows of hedges. Very soon, they landed on the summit of the tallest hill. George climbed off Nina's back 
and looked around him. He could see his village nestled in the valley far away. Nina began her tale about the giant who'd sculpted the very hills they were standing on. The giant was called Bremer, and he was so tall that he often got clouds entwined in his beard. Bremer came to the area thousands of years ago. The air was so clear and crisp that he decided to stay a while. Using his enormous hands, he scooped out a wide valley in the ground and made a cosy sleeping area for himself. The valley was the only one where George's village now lay, and if he looked closer, Nina said he might make out a pillow-shaped area of land at the far side of the valley. George's eyes widened as he scanned the valley and soon made out the shape of a pillow in the earth. It looked perfect for a sleeping giant to rest his head on. Nina continued with her tale. After scooping out the land, Bremer found himself in a pickle. What should he do with the leftover land? Perhaps make a series of mounds around the valley, a shelter from the wind? Or create small islands in the nearby ocean? Maybe he should ask his giant friends if they had any use for the extra land. As he pondered the matter, his attention went to the sky. The solution to his predicament was suddenly clear. He would use the spare land to create hills, but not hills you could see anywhere else in the world. These hills would be shaped like clouds. And that's what he did, Nina said. He captured the beauty of the clouds on that special day and immortalized them in these hills around us. Nina stopped talking and looked at George as if expecting him to say something. And George did. These hills don't look like clouds. They look like, he shrugged, ordinary hills. That's because you're looking at them through ordinary eyes, Nina said kindly. She lowered her back and asked George to climb back on. He did, and in a moment they were airborne again. Nina flew a short distance from the hills and told George to take a second look at Bremer's creation. George surveyed the hills and was about to say they still looked like ordinary hills. But then something magical happened. A thick plume of white smoke arose from Nina's nose and drifted across the sky, turning into clouds along the way. The clouds arranged themselves behind the hills. Every curve and arch of the fluffy clouds matched those of the hills. More smoke came from the dragon, which once more headed towards the hills. This time, the mist settled on the hills and covered them. 
the greenery faded until the hills were the same colour as the clouds. Nina said, The shape of the clouds Bremer saw all those years ago are the same ones I've just created. I was there when it happened, and I'll never forget the shape of them. George was too awestruck to speak. He felt like he was in an enchanted land, made entirely of clouds. Nina told her young friend he was looking at the hills through the eyes of magic now, and they would never look like ordinary hills to him again. George wholeheartedly agreed with her words. The dragon asked George if he knew the story of the seven singing stones. George said he hadn't, and he would love to hear it. Nina and George flew away from the hills, over the village nestled in the valley, and towards the ocean. When they got closer to the sea, Nina landed softly on the golden sand and looked out to the line of seven stones rising from the water ahead of them. George had been to the beach with his family not long after they'd arrived in the village. He'd seen the stones, but hadn't thought them all that remarkable. They don't look very remarkable, do they? Nina said. George looked at the dragon in wonder. Was she able to read his mind? Nina began her story. Many thousands of years ago, the king of the ocean made this place his home. He thought it was the perfect area to settle with his family. He was a wise king and knew his seven daughters weren't ready to settle down yet, and they still had places they wanted to visit. He told his daughters to explore the seven oceans of the world, and when they'd explored to their heart's content, they could return home and tell him what wonders they'd seen. Each daughter placed a stone in the water and told their father they would return home soon and sit upon the stones and tell him of their adventures. The sisters set off, but it wasn't long before they returned back to their father. They sat on the stones and sang with delight about the marvels they had seen around the world. They sang about dancing colours in the sky, above a land blanketed in thick snow. Sleepy animals snuggled in the boughs of tall trees. Tiny fish who lit up the darkest depths of the ocean. Tropical winds travelling through lines of swaying palm trees. The luscious taste of exotic fruit which were shaped like stars. Such was the joy in their voices. The jubilant tunes were absorbed into the very fabric of the stones. And on days when the wind was blowing in the right direction, the songs of the seven sisters could be heard. Nina stopped talking and looked at George, as if expecting him to say something. And he did. I can't hear any songs. 
That's because you're listening through ordinary ears. Let me take you closer to the stones. Nina took George towards the stones until they were hovering above them. Nina said she would create the perfect wind with her wings. She was there when the seven sisters sang to their father and she could remember which direction the wind came from. She slowly moved her pale silver wings back and forth. George felt the breeze rising from them. And then he heard the songs floating gently on the breeze and surrounding him. The sound was melodic and soothing. It harmonized perfectly with the rush of the ocean to create a new sound, a lilting lullaby of love. George closed his eyes and listened to the songs. He didn't understand all the words, but feelings of contentment settled on him as softly as the first snowfall of winter. After a while, the song faded into silence. George opened his eyes and smiled. He told Nina it was the most beautiful sound he'd ever heard, and he would never look at the seven stones the same way again. Nina took George away from the seven singing stones and towards the snow-capped mountains. They landed on the nearest one, and Nina asked George to take a closer look at the snow. George knelt on the soft, white covering. He was surprised to discover it wasn't cold at all. He scooped a handful up and let it trickle through his fingers. The tiny grains twinkled and sparkled as they flowed to the ground. He asked Nina what the snow was made of. Stardust, she replied. Let me tell you how these mountains came to be covered in stardust. Nina began her tale. Many years after the hills had been created by Bremer, a traveling wizard passed through the area. He was so enthralled by the beauty of the cloud-shaped hills and the flower-strewn valley that he decided to stay for a while. People had started to settle in the valley by then, and a small village had been established. Nina smiled at George and said, It was a time when people still believed in magic and loved spending time with me, listening to my stories. She continued with her tale. When the wizard arrived at the village, the people welcomed him warmly and spent many happy hours hearing about his magical adventures around the world. The wizard soon felt at home and would have stayed a lot longer, but he had places to be and magic to perform. Nina told George that on his last evening, the wizard lay on the ground and gazed at the moonlit sky, wondering how he could say thank you to the kind people of the village 
a shooting star shot across the sky, leaving a sparkling trail behind it. It gave the wizard an idea. He would cover the mountains in magical stardust. It was a long, complicated spell, but the wizard completed it, and on clear evenings when the moon was bright, the villagers looked at the sparkling mountaintops and remembered the wizard, who had stayed with them for a while. Nina stopped talking and looked at George as if expecting him to say something. And he did. He said he'd looked at the mountains many times and had never seen them sparkle. Nina said the mountains would sparkle that evening because the moon would be as bright as it had been all those years ago when the wizard had cast his spell. She knew because she was there with the wizard. And when George saw the mountains that evening, he would never look at them the same way again. George climbed aboard Nina's back once again and held on tightly as her wide wings began to flap. The gentle movement of her wings sent a pleasant breeze wafting over George's skin and flowing through his hair. Nina angled her body to the left, and the two of them swooped in an arc towards the forest down below, like the most elegant and controlled hang glider. Nina soared over the treetops. It seemed to George that he could reach down and brush their highest leaves with his fingers. Soon, Nina landed gently in a clearing. Nina told George to look around and tell her what he saw. This time, he saw it. He needed no prompt from Nina, as he had learnt to sense the magic within the landscape himself. Looking into the trees from the clearing, George saw a beautiful figure. A series of carvings had been made in the trees, leading back from the tree line. When you positioned yourself just right, the carefully carved boughs lined up to form the perfect image of a woman. A woman with flowing hair and a kind smile on her face. Mossy vines had been woven into a dress for the figure, and the golden sun illuminated her perfectly. George gasped. It was a beautiful sculpture. He posited to Nina that whoever created this figure must have loved the woman it represented very much. Nina smiled. She said that George may not need her to tell him her ancient stories for much longer, for he seemed quite fluent in reading the landscape for himself. George smiled and asked her to please tell him the story anyway. Nina kindly obliged. Many, many years ago, 
back when I was the only creature to have laid eyes on this land, Nina began. The small boat of an adventurer washed up on the beach. He had nothing but the clothes on his back, the supplies in his bag, and hope in his heart for finding new horizons. He gazed upon the land with wonder and soon set about building a house here. But there was one thing this land lacked for the adventurer. The woman he loved was on faraway shores. So the adventurer carved this homage for her. And when he was done, he headed back to the beach, ready to sail back home. He had seen the beauty of this land, but he thought no sight could make him happier than being next to her, bathing in the warmth of her smile. When he reached the beach, he was perplexed to see a boat on the horizon, and so he delayed his departure, sitting down in the sand, until the boat came close enough for him to see who was on board. It was her. She had sailed the sea on a borrowed boat, just hoping to follow where he led. And so, here they settled, and they lived joyously here for the rest of their days. George smiled. He could feel the story in the air around him, sensing the adventurer's love emanating from the trees. The sky was beginning to turn pink overhead. Nina gazed towards the horizon and said she should be going on her way. But she would come back soon and tell George more stories if he wanted her to. George looked into Nina's kind eyes he would like that, but he didn't want her to leave just yet, because he had an idea. A short while later, George stood silently in the middle of the village, with a soft smile on his face. Nina was standing next to him, but of course, no one else could see her. George made such a peculiar sight that one by one the villagers stopped what they were doing and looked at George with questions in their eyes. He told the villagers about the kind dragon standing at his side and how she came to the village every year hoping that people would see her. Seeing the doubt on people's faces George turned to Nina and asked if she could tell them the story of Bremer and the hills. Nina began her tale, and as she did, she slowly became visible to the villagers. Looks of amazement filled their faces at the sight of the beautiful dragon with silver wings. As Nina continued to talk, 
and knowingness came into everyone's eyes, as though remembering the magic which was once in their hearts. Very soon, the villagers became entranced with Nina's story. All sorts of work were forgotten. One story wasn't enough for the villagers, and they politely asked for more. Day soon gave way to night. A full moon appeared above the line of stardust-covered mountains. Having now heard the story of the wise wizard and his gift, a silence fell on the village as everyone looked at the sparkling, twinkling mountains with new appreciation. Nina took George to one side and thanked him for listening to her. In return, George gave thanks for her stories. He asked if the people of other villages up and down the land could still see her. Nina shook her head. George had an idea. If he travelled with her, he could convince people to look at her through the eyes of magic. And once they saw Nina, they would listen to her stories just as their ancestors used to do. And so, it came to be that George and the dragon journeyed through lands near and far, telling people tales of the past, tales of magical mountaintops, rolling hills which looked like clouds, domes that sang of wonder and delight, and many, many more stories of magic and enchantment. Once people had heard the stories, they never looked at the world in the same way again. <laughs>